Josh, you had eight seconds. You had eight seconds. And Sean McDermott has to, like, you had eight seconds there. Like, whatever play you run in that situation, you have to make sure you at least get the three, right, Nick? You have to at least make sure you have a second left on the clock. I know it was fun that the, the time ran out on that play to James Cook. It was an amazing highlight. And again, it's my favorite play from the game. I also think it was stupid, though, Nick, because what if that play was incomplete? Just a monster comeback win for the Bills, erasing an eight-point deficit late in the fourth quarter, keeping control of your own destiny for the number one seed in the AFC Conference. And you could look back to that wild sequence at the end of the first half for really being the difference in the game. we got thoughts on that coming up. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here along with Nick Woten. Nick is the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. And as usual, we'll be bringing the knowledge. We appreciate you joining us and we appreciate you subscribing. Nick, how are you this week? Pretty well. I mean, doing, um, you know, I couldn't let you go within 15 seconds of this podcast without letting people know what football game you were at last week. So I'm glad that you're here. More importantly, people, it's important that Ryan is here because this I don't have the hosting capabilities. And Ryan had a really long weekend. Why don't you tell the people about that, Ryan? Yeah, a rough weekend. Uh, uh, Water, Pedialyte, Gatorade. That's that's what it is. Uh, Too much bourbon and blackjack in Vegas over the weekend. I went for the Patriots game. Patriots Raiders. Uh, saw probably that is, the, the, that is worse than the blackjack and the and the bourbon and the everything, my man. That was a crazy game for your Patriots. What a finish! It was out of control, man. It was amazing. Uh, and I, as a fan, when you're at the game and you know you're in it and you're going back and forth with the fans a little bit, having some fun, you know, drinking lots of beers, and you're just like hanging, you know, screaming, yelling, that whole thing. Of course, uh, of course. You get to the end, and something like that happens, and how do you react, Nick? How do you react? Me, my reaction was just to hysterically laugh when, when Jacoby Myers, he chucks it backwards. All you could see is Mac Jones standing there and Chandler Jones. And I was behind the end zone. So I'm like, I'm staring right at Mac Jones. He's facing us. We we're in the, the end zone seats. And you just see the ball flying towards Mac Jones. And you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> what are you doing? It's a tie game. So, uh, yeah, did, it was unbelievable. I will admit. As me being a native Western New Yorker, you know, there's that little bit of angst that we have towards you folks over in the uh, in the uh, New England, greater Boston area for all your successes, not just in, you know, Patriots football, but it's been a good good last decade or two for the, uh, you know, Bruins Celtics and everyone else combined over there. So a lot of people are laughing at that. But man, I felt I will admit the only thing I posted on Bill's Wire, which people can go check it out very early uh, plug for Bill's Wire in our podcast this week. I posted the play-by-play of the radio call, the New England guys just being like, what the hell did I just watch? Was that like Scott Zolak and those guys? Done. And I actually felt bad. Like I, I, I made an, uh, I made a note in the story, something like he wasn't thinking straight in that moment. But I mean, that's almost one of those ones you don't even want to bury a guy because you're like, he's already, he's already gone through enough. Like you do that. Like that's, that's bad. That's bad. I felt bad for the guy, but Mac Jones getting pulled over. That's that's kind of probably, you know, poetic and beautiful for for Bills fans. And and even the cherry on top that it was Chandler Jones. I don't know if there's any bad blood or anything there, but it comes against, you know, you're a little hyped up no matter what to play your former team. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And Ch- Chandler Jones has a Rochester, New York connection. So um, 
Yeah, even better, I guess, right? This keeps getting better here for Buffalo fans. This is what you get when you you listen to the Bills Wire podcast. No, you should you should enjoy it, Buffalo. Now you're you're so much better than the Patriots that it's actually beneath Buffalo fans now to do the Patriots thing. Like you know, now it's just like, come on, like like we get it over here. We we're not as good as the Bills. We we know, like that's fine. But you know, if that makes you feel better to do that, go ahead. But yeah, there was all kinds no, don't, of. Don't worry, don't <laughs> worry. You've been on Bill's Twitter, Ryan. Don't worry, know. you know what's happening. Oh yeah, I know. And I, actually, that's probably my my favorite. Uh, and we will be getting to some Bills talk here. But uh, my favorite take on that game is that everybody yelling at Mac Jones for not being able to tackle Chandler Jones or or not giving a good enough effort when really he must have just been thinking, Nick, when that ball is in the air to him, like, what the F are you doing? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, I can't like it's just live football and it's me against Chandler Jones. And yeah, so I think that's like the dumbest take ever. Oh, Mac Jones should have tackled Chandler Jones. OK, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. E- even again, I like to keep it a little uh, I like to keep it real on Bill's wire. Right. So on my five takeaways, now we're getting a little far removed. I'm sorry, everyone. This is my fault for getting away from the schedule this week. But um, I even wrote last week my five takeaways from the, the Bills win over the Dolphins, which we're going to, of course, get into in a second. But, um, you know, I wrote, man, they're tackling stinks. But, you know, I prefaced it with uh anyone on the bills can tackle better than anybody at bills wire we're not saying that we're better at tackling than them but they do make it difficult looking as i wrote i was like all right in case matt milano reads this i know buddy you're better than me at football but i'm just saying objectively speaking maybe we need to tackle a little bit better you know yeah you know you know the fat white guy next to me in the stadium saying i could have made that yeah sure you could have made the tackle on chandler got it (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, okay okay bud uh for sure so yeah, just that was crazy, just crazy, and uh, I love Jacoby Myers. Uh, you know, undrafted player. I get why you feel bad for him, Nick. He's an undrafted guy who who goes to be the number one receiver for the Patriots, probably one of their best players. Uh, he makes that decision. He should probably get cut after that because the Patriots needed that win. He's not going to, but that's the kind of play that gets you cut, gets you the walking papers, but from the GM and all that. But you know, Bills fans, if you want to just laugh at the misery of Patriots fans right now and where they're at. You should. You should definitely do that. I was laughing in the stadium hysterically after as Chandler Jones is going into the end zone. I was laughing hysterically. There was nothing else to do in that moment. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I've been in some pretty pretty deflating stadiums, but I got to say that had to be take the cake. I mean, I've been I remember when the Bills were in the middle of their drought uh, specific game against like the Jaguars loudest have ever been in a stadium. It was like fourth and two from the goal line last play of the game the bills get this stop it's game over they win and like byron leftwich throws a touchdown pass and like i've never heard a place go from like ear bleeding screaming to like silence like it was like the most deflating thing on earth but i can't imagine that level of of deflatement that had to be crazy but hey that's kind of like a little historic moment you know ryan you get to say now you can tell your uh you can tell your son there that uh you know, uh, hey, hey, little man, uh, you ain't seen nothing. Uh, here's what happened to me, you know? <laughs> well, 100%. And, you know, there was just so much going on with the game. I mean, Raiders, they always blow leads. Uh, as you know, they were up 17 to 3 in this one. They blew the lead. So just like the ebb and flow of the Raiders fans, like, oh, they were so happy in the first half. Then they were so sad and deflated in the second half. Then they were just beside themselves after the game, like they had won the Super Bowl. And, while I would encourage any Bills fan who gets the chance to go to Vegas to this stadium, I know it sounds like a cliche fan trip, right? Uh, it totally was like, oh, let's go to Vegas and watch our team. Like, no, 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 you should go. The The stadium is amazing. 
the there's a stage on the on the there's a side of the stadium that has like just glass in the back and it shows kind of the strip i think if you're sitting on the opposite side of the stadium you could see the the vegas strip out the out the Ah, windows on that side there's a stage and at halftime t-pain uh performed and the place is going nuts uh, with oh, okay. that they were All performing. Right. Yeah, so uh, it was just like a whole thing, a whole show. They have like live music during the game, during breaks and stuff. It was uh, it was awesome. And this, the stadium itself is amazing. It's you know obviously indoors, state of the art, um, amazing. But the only problem is there's only one way to kind of get to and from the stadium. You have to kind of you, everybody kind of walks down this closed down street, and it is just like thousands sure. and thousands a sea of people. And if you lose that game and you're walking back towards the casinos or towards the strip, uh, you have to hear the Raiders chant they do. Yeah. It's just like it's almost like they mock themselves. You just hear that nonstop yeah. for hours. Raiders. So I still I can't get that out of my head, Nick. But um, yes, we're going to dive into the show here. Actually, Bills, Dolphins, look ahead to Bills, Bears. Uh, and just one more quick note. Uh, we hope you have a safe, happy, and a healthy holiday weekend out there talking to the listeners. This will be our final podcast of 2022. Uh, so don't worry, though. We'll be back in the first week of January to pick up the Bills Super Bowl push. And speaking of that, Nick, is it time for some people out there to shift uh, some narratives? I'm talking about national talking heads, right? I'm talking about the narratives that Josh Allen isn't right, right? Or the narrative, as you tweeted, that the Bills can't win close games. Uh, you tweeted this, and it's it's an interesting topic, right? The Bills have now won back-to-back games against tough division opponents. Uh, and, and they've now played in nine one-score games this season, and they've won six of them. They have three losses. Uh, they have three losses, right, Nick? 11 and three. Those three losses, mm-hmm. all one-score games. And then as you tweeted, five-game win streak, four by one win. So, or one score, I should say. So mm-hmm. is it time to close that narrative? Have the Bills bucked that thing? Is it time to retire? The Bills can't win a close game thing. Yeah, I mean, like I like I said, I I, I tweeted that out the other day. I'm gonna hang my hat on that when somebody asked a question at the press conference about it. But uh, <laughs> which has happened before, of course. You know, we're we're, we're all on Twitter. Yeah. But um, really, for for I think we said this earlier in the year, Ryan, when it was a little bit of the quote unquote narrative. Is I never really bought into that ever because it's like really you're gonna punish a team because they win by double digits, but in the same light, you know, when they lose by, you know, two or three points, it's like the coach goes up there and says, Yeah, this is a hard league, but then you're not gonna give them credit when they win by double digits. It's like, come on, like that doesn't make any sense. Like that's you know, it's it's good to just win. Just win. And and yeah, I mean if you if it was ever a narrative, yeah, it should be put to put to rest. Um I don't want to say that there's an a- asterisk or anything like that because because you know there is and it's still a one score game. The point of saying it's a one score game is they can't handle the pressure, right? Of those four wins, I think two of them were by eight points. So it's like, okay, they had to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So there's a little bit extra in, in those. It wasn't quite like, you know, it wasn't four, you know, three-point wins like we saw last week. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, if it was was time to put it to bed, it is going to bed. Uh, it's it's tucked in and it's it's gone for me, especially, you know, with, uh, with the potential, um, you know, uh, you locked up a playoff berth last week and there's a uh, some other things on the line very, very soon. That's, uh, you know, the division and, you know, maybe number one seed. So I, I think the the can't win one score games. Once you start locking up even more than a playoff berth, they're going to go far, far in the past. Yeah, I think all these narratives that Josh Allen isn't isn't right. Or, you know, I think we were all worried about Josh coming out of the Vikings game and stuff like that when he was throwing all those interceptions. And it was a topic that had to be talked about at the time. I mean, we do do a weekly podcast, Nick, so we have to talk about things that come up. You know, we can't just 
You get to say, oh, let's wait till the end of the season. No, we have to talk about it right now. That's kind of the point of doing a weekly show, right? Uh, but, you know, the, the, the narratives out there that, oh, Josh Allen in the offense is not right. They're not going to win the Super Bowl or they can't win close games. Stop it. Right? They're 11-3. and three. They're atop the AFC conference standings. I do want to bring this up, though. And maybe this is just all the bourbon talking from over the weekend and uh, my head's throbbing, um, you know, um, rubbing my forehead as I speak here, Nick. Uh, I do want to kind of push back against probably my favorite play in this game. I do want to, I kind of think the Bills, my favorite play in this game was, I think, a stupid play. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. At the end of the first half, and I've bitched about this all season, Nick, you know it. I've said the Bills are bad at the end of halves, especially at the end of the first half. They always seem to screw up at the end of the first half and screw and, you know, not get points or whatever. Weird things have happened at the end of the first half. It happened in the first Miami game. And in this one, Good thing happened at the end, right? A walk-off kind of touchdown to James Cook or Allen. He's kind of perfected this, right? This impossible, like, sprinting out of bounds, defenders chasing you, lean, like, kind of falling out of bounds. Your momentum's taking you, and then he throws it back across the grain. Uh, maybe defenders think he's out already out of bounds. They maybe slow down a little bit, and he finds one of his players in the end zone. This time, it's James Cook. He did it to the Patriots as well this year. I mean, he's perfected that thing. It's an amazing play. He's the only guy who could do that. He's ridiculous. And I know it was brilliant and it was a huge play in the game. The Bills needed that, especially with the way that maybe the first half of that second half played out. Right. But Josh, you had eight seconds. You had eight seconds. And Sean McDermott has to like you had eight seconds there. Like whatever play you run in that situation, you have to make sure you at least get the three. Right, Nick, you have to at least make sure you have a second left on the clock. I know it was fun that the, the time ran out on that play to James Cook. It was an amazing highlight. And again, it's my favorite play from the game. I also think it was stupid, though, Nick, because what if that play was incomplete? Now you go into the locker room without getting any points. And when the second half kind of plays out the way it did in that third quarter and you get behind by eight points at home, you have a turnover or whatever. Maybe you don't come back now because you don't have those seven points from right before the half. Right. So that could have been a play that we look back on and they lost to the Dolphins and said, what are you doing? How do you not get at least three there? So, again, so that's why it's my favorite play, but also a play I think was stupid at the end of the first half. What do you think about that, Nick? was not a fan of it. Um, you know, he's – you got to have the mental clock, and it's not even just like a football thing. I think it's even, um, you know, Oscar size, even more in football because it's it's such a big deal, the clock. You know, the clock management, you hear that word all the time in football, but that's like a thing for all sports, really. The clock always factors in, and I cannot believe that he did that. Um I, I guarantee he's never going to do that again because, I mean, they're going to have sat him down and be like, hey, man, that was really cool. And we're glad that you looked, you know, great in that moment. But come on, man, the game, the the game ended up being, you know, a three three point uh, swing. And that is that, that is just so dumb for him to do that. When he started scrambling, I OK, he's out of the tackle box, throw away and when he kept going i was like what is this guy doing like what it had to not it had to be a very less amplified version of what you went through at the raiders game the other day we were like what the hell is going on in this one second because i was watching him and i remember seeing him start running towards the sideline and i'm like all right get rid of it get rid of it throw it at someone's feet do something get rid of it and when he kept going i'm like what what is happening and i i couldn't believe when he he you know completed that pass to james cook i mean that is you know not the way it should should have gone down, um, you know, at all. Uh, and it did. And we, you know, we saw a very lucky guy out there, I thought. So um, 
Yeah, yeah, Ryan, that was that was not a play I was a fan of, and I I I think anyone, you know, anyone with I don't, I don't want to sound insulting, but anyone who has has watched enough football, a, a little bit of football, should know you you don't do that when you don't have to do that, you know. Yeah, I I just I didn't know if I was drinking too much bourbon over the weekend and I was just being an old curmudgeon because uh, I was watching that game like in a like a whiskey bar <laughs> after dinner. So I was watching the end of that game and I saw Josh do that. And while I was rooting for my bet, which was Bills minus seven, I was rooting for my bet to hit. I was very happy when the Bills scored that touchdown. My immediate reaction was, boy, was that stupid? What are they doing? And I just feel like we've seen little things like that. I've complained about it. You've you've commentated on it too, Nick, on the show. These little things the Bills don't quite have buttoned up. So I think if there's one thing we're still hoping gets better between now and when we're playing playoff games, it's that they have these little situational things buttoned up better so they don't come back to haunt us in the playoffs, right? But I think when it comes to talent, the quarterback, the coaching, the defense, uh, it's good enough. It's good enough to win the Super Bowl. But can they be smart enough? Right? Can they not yeah, lose yeah. their minds in these situations? The, the, in the only playoffs? little bit of concern that that additional concern that that raises is that Allen kind of his knock a little bit. He tries to play hero ball a little bit too much, and that's just his nature. That's who you kind of get. Um, you know, I think you get that with with every quarterback, no matter how great they are. There's you know certain things that they do. We were like, come on, man, what the heck are you doing? Um, that's definitely with Allen. He's he he was trying to do too much. He did get away from that a ton, though. He's not the Josh Allen today if he didn't get rid of the rookie or his rookie year hero ball antics because he was just trying to throw every single thing up there and his completion percent was 50% because, you know, he wasn't moving the chains and he's gotten over this a bit. But sometimes it blips back up in the radar, uh, Ryan, and that was it right there. Him trying to be hero ball. It was like, brother, just throw the ball out of bounds. Everyone would have been happy with three points there. But yeah, that that's hopefully the last time, and I think the last time we're ever going to see that situation full unfold with him. I agree. I think that's one in the in the in the film room where they're like, "Amazing play, Josh! Don't freaking do that! You can't do that." Uh, but again, I mean, that situation not buttoned up. The situation at the end of the game, Nick. Just a quick shout out before we move on to our next segment. I mean, the Bills get the ball with five fifty six left in a in a tie game and never gave it back. Right after they got the touchdown, the two point conversion to tie it. They go 16 plays, 86 yards. They do get the field goal that time, and they do it as time expired. Like that's how you manage the clock. That's how you. That's a winning formula. That's good situational football. That's all that, right? So, if the end of the first half made you scratch your head and wonder about this team a little bit, and and certainly that was me. And again, I don't. I was not clear headed in, in that moment. So don't hold it against me, Bills fans. A lot of bourbon, a lot of bourbon and blackjack over the weekend. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the end of that game, I was like. Although I lost my bet because the Bills did not cover the spread, I was I was applauding them at the end. I think that's a good situational football. That's that's what we're holding on to uh, going forward, Nick. Right as we start talking about the Bears and, and what's ahead, that's good stuff. Let's let's see more of that stuff. <laughs> you know, like running out the clock, running out final five fifty six, never giving it back to Tua and Tyree Kill and those guys. Like that's good stuff. That's what we want to hold on to. Don't guess, don't hold on to holding on to the ball. I guess is what we can say, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. If you're still alive in your fantasy football playoffs, good for you. I still am, but you know, I have Jalen Hurts as well, my I can quarterback. Stop listening now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm still alive in one of my leagues, Nick, my big 14 teamer. But I, I have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. That's a good. That's a big reason why I keep winning is because Jalen Hurts rushes for like two or three touchdowns a game. Uh, but yeah. he's doubtful or questionable. It doesn't sound like he's going to play. I'm panicking over here. Who do I pick up? Well, Corey Bonini of the Huddle.com has some advice, and then we'll be right back. 
This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 16. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. It seems like every week Minnesota's a defense to target for anyone looking to stream a quarterback, but it takes a certain set of circumstances to be willing to roll with Jones. His receiving core is underwhelming, if we're being kind, and the offense runs through Saquon Barkley. No one should bench a proven stud for him, of course. That said, the Vikings have allowed three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year, and three of the last four passers to face this defense have been good for at least 330 yards. If you're in a 2QB setup or you're playing DFS, Jones is an interesting play. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The second-year pro has a floor of 9.9 PPR points in nine straight, but has been capped at 14.6 as a high over the last four contests. The Raiders have been abused by running backs in 2022, and it has come in all forms of success. This is a top-seven opponent for ease of rushing touchdowns, receptions allowed per game, aerial yards and outing, and total touchdown frequency since Week 10. Most gamers probably won't be benching Harris, but he could be in store for a much stronger outing than usual this week. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Marquise Goodwin at Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett is poised to miss this one with a finger injury, and the veteran speedster and Goodwin will be asked to step up. Kansas City is capable of hanging points with the best of them, and this could get Seattle into a pass-heavy script if the defense is unable to contain Patrick Mahomes and co. Goodwin is a risk-reward wide receiver three who is one week removed from a five-catch, 95-yard, one-touchdown showing. So there's something to work with here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Kate Otten at Arizona Cardinals. Otten was starting to find his groove late into the rookie's campaign before being held to a lone 20-yarder versus the Bengals. Arizona tends to be the cure for all tight end ales, but we've seen a few poor performances sprinkled in among the brilliant ones of late, so this could go either way and not really surprise anyone. If you're in position to either gamble on a lineup spot or you play DFS, this matchup is for you. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. It's got some fantasy football advice there from Corey Bonini. Uh, one player on the Bills that is kind of hot right now is Dawson Knox, Nick. Are you, would you fire him up? I mean, I think Dawson Knox is a guy that is either like a backup tight end on a lot of teams or maybe, maybe he's available in your league. I don't know. But he has been noticeably more involved in the last two game plans, right? Leading the Bills and catches eight yards back-to-back games. And now he's going against a bad Bears defense. Obviously, they uh, they traded all their best players, basically. They still have Jalen Johnson. But in terms of who's going to be covering the tight end, I'm not sure <laughs> who the Bears have. They have some young guys that they're probably trying out for the future right now, kind of preseason mode on defense for the Bears. That's where they're at with all their injuries and trades and everything else. They're kind of playing for 2023. So Dawson Knox could be like a little a little championship winning tight end if you have him on your fantasy uh, lineups, is, isn't he? I think he's kind of a sleeper. Yeah, he could. And I guess looked at my, I was in playoffs for one league. I guess lo- I lost to a guy who freaking had Cole Beasley in his lineup. He had one catch for nine yards and I lost to this guy. Oh, that's oh, my goodness. Is he, a, he must be he a Joe he must Burrow, be a Bills though, fan. Eric Henry, James. Everyone else in his team scored like a touchdown except Cole Beasley. And he smoked me by 40 points. He must be a Bills fan if he had Beasley in there. <laughs> yeah, he must be. It, it, being someone from Buffalo, that is one thing. I usually never like to have my own guys, even, you know, 
going back growing up playing fantasy football. I used to never get Bills players. I guess, you know, I already root for them. Let's root for other players too. It's <laughs> kind of how I looked at it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, in my fantasy football leagues, like I never think I'm going to get like Josh Allen. He's like the best fantasy football player. If he was the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, he's still getting taken in the first round. All these Buffalo leagues I'm in, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, and Dawson Knox, I mean, hey, it's finally coming out. Um, you know, how, how I've kind of always thought about it over this past year. Of course, he's gone through a lot in the beginning of the season with his with his brother uh, Luke's unexpected tra- tragic passing, um, which, you know, again, preface everything I say about Dawson earlier this year, where I, I have no idea how how awful it is to go through and, you know, really, uh, you know, send your condolences and stuff out to him and thoughts for, to him for that. But it's on the field, um, looking at it through the spectrum of his extension that he signed, he really should be getting more involved, I always thought. And I always thought it was a curious extension that he signed with the team to be one of the top tight ends in the NFL. I think it put him in sixth or seventh. So he wasn't like George Kittle. He wasn't Travis Kelsey money, but he was up there, you know? And, um, you know, the thing is, is, is that I've always, mine, I don't want to say bugaboo that I have with Dawson Knox doesn't have to do with him, but I think a little bit of it has to do with, you know, Josh Allen likes to go for the bigger play, a little bit of his hero ball mentality. He's he's looking at his receivers, I always felt, a lot more than Dawson Knox. If Dawson Knox would have like two catches for 10 yards on two targets. You know, he's not the one throwing the ball. You have to throw him the ball to give him a chance to make a play. Of course, then you can say, okay, devil's advocate, is he getting open, yada, yada. So it's a little bit of a give and take. And I always just thought, man, with the money they're paying him, that extension he signed, he should be getting more involved in this game plan than he is. And Thankfully, he is the past two weeks. He's led the Bills and catches and, and yards the last two weeks. Um, great for him. Um, really adds a wrinkle into the Bills offense, if you will, that, um, you know, maybe we thought Naheem Hines, not to, you know, crap on him as he's uh, just got his first touchdown with the Bills last week. But, you know, that was his only catch of the day. He's only ended up being a touchdown. So you, you're kind of looking for him to be that extra layer, you know, in the Bills offense. Well, we found it after the trade for Naheem Hines. It just turned out to be Dawson Knox, who was there the whole time, because it's uh, really great when you have that sort of, you know, weapon, um, as as I don't have to explain to you, uh, the Patriots had for so many years with Gronk and others, uh, that big body guy. If he can get down the field and he can move, that's tough to defend. Oh, no doubt about it. I think one thing that we're going to be dealing with, those of us still in the fantasy football playoffs, sorry, Nick. I know that doesn't sound like you're still alive, but those of us who are, you have to kind of sift through these games. There's a bunch of these Saturday games this week. And the weather is just like crappy all across the country, right? Just cold weather, wind. And you were writing about this on Bill's Wire. We have another weather game for the, the Bills. Even when they leave Buffalo, they still have to deal with this stuff. Uh, so Chicago, it's it's probably a different kind of chill over there, even in you know, in, in regards to Buffalo, right? That that wind and cold in Chicago is a little it hits a little different. Uh, so they're calling for like blizzard conditions later in the week, dropping snow, uh, 40 to 50 mile per hour winds kickoff on Saturday. It'll probably probably be between zero and 10 degrees. So that's just not comfortable situation for football, not comfortable situation for pass catchers, right? Like you're going to start Stefan Diggs in your fantasy playoffs, but like uh, Dawson Knox, that one gets a little tougher. Uh, I think do you look to queue up the running backs, right? Because I think the only game we could look back to is that Patriots game. When the Bills Patriots last year combined for 24 total points in similar conditions, right, with the 50 mile per hour winds and cold weather and all that, uh, it's going to be hard to pass the football, right, or or kick field goals longer than 40 yards in this one, Nick. I'm assuming if we're using that Bills Patriots game as like, uh, you know, uh, something that we can kind of fall back on. So I think it comes down to rushing the football, right? Uh, the Bears, they can rush it. Number one rushing yes. offense in football led by Justin Fields. 
if the Bills uh, and by a sizable margin. Too. Yeah, yes, yes. And he's he might be the hardest tackle in football. If the Bills are taking bad angles and missing tackles like they did uh, against the Dolphins, like you were talking about a little bit earlier, Nick, they will get dusted for big plays by Fields. That's going to happen. He is the uh, the Bears are not a good football team. They don't have a lot of talent, but they have Justin Fields, and he is legit. Uh, and especially when he runs, I mean, he is just unbelievable. Hopefully, Bills fans don't see that too much in this game. <laughs> but uh, the just suffice to say, the the Bears can run it. With their backs, with their quarterback, they can run the football, and these conditions kind of led themselves to that. So, when you mm-hmm. look at this ball game from like a betting perspective, the Bills are huge favorites again on the road in bad conditions. I think they're nine point favorites or something like that, Nick. Uh, but I don't know this the style of the Bears and what they kind of have to do. And you think about the wind maybe limiting the passing game for the Bills a little bit when Josh Allen is kind of their their weapon, you know, the way they win games, their vehicle to wins is Josh Allen. Usually Uh, it makes me think like the bears could hang around. Now the bills are a way better football team than the bears, but just stylistically and weather, it kind of feels like a scary kind of trappy game. It doesn't seem like the layup. It should be, I guess is what I'm saying. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I absolutely hundred percent. It looks like maybe it's coming down a little bit from the opening nine and a half points. Uh, looks like it's over eight, eight and a half e- easily, but I can see it going back up again. Of course, as always, the line's going to freaking move all over the place when you got weather like this, uh, you know, being called for. Um, I'm not on the Bills eight and a half wagon at all. Um, I, I think the, the the Bears can certainly keep it a little bit closer, but I will say the bet I probably like the most is is when I watch the Bills games very often, uh, I like to do little same game parlays. You know, I don't quite bet on the Bills to win or, or whatnot. Um, sometimes here and there, but I do a lot of same game parlays. I don't care what the over is on Justin Fields' uh, rushing yards. I am hitting that. I am I'm taking that. It's a good bet. That is going to hit. Uh, with the way he runs, with the way the Bills tackle, easy money, easy money. Lock it in. And if this is wrong, please delete this part of the podcast. Right? <laughs> well, folks that listen. Uh, and again, we appreciate you. And thanks for subscribing and all that. Uh, they know how our track record when it comes to our picks. Uh, so they probably just uh, listen to this part of the show to laugh at us, Nick. But I, I agree. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm betting the Bills to cover a, a big spread like this in a game that's could have crazy weather and you can't throw it. I, I just don't know. And I think the the Bills can run it too. Like I would start Devin Singletary. Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Josh Allen. I would start those guys in fantasy. I would still start Stephon Diggs. Maybe I would down downgrade my expectations a little bit. Maybe like this past game where you're hoping Stephon Diggs has like a Justin Jefferson type of game for you in your fantasy playoffs. You hope he scores 30 points. Uh, probably temper those expectations, but you're starting Stephon Diggs. But I mean, you're probably not starting Gabe Davis. You're definitely not starting Cole Beasley. Right? So in this game, yeah. maybe Dawson Knox. But I think it's going to be hard to trust uh, a lot of the guys in the passing game from a fantasy perspective and just in a real life perspective, uh, the Bills are going to have to tackle the, the Bears and jo- uh, Justin Fields to to win this game. And I think at times it could be ugly. I think at times the Bears might hang around. I think the Bills will win. I don't think the, I don't think the Bears want to win, Nick. <laughs> right now they're locked into that number two pick. Uh, they have the edge over Denver because Denver won last week against Arizona. So the Bears have the inside track to picking number two overall. I don't think they want to like upset the bills and, and ruin their chances at the number two pick that's just a hunch of mine so i think they will uh manage the game accordingly <laughs> to make sure that even if it's close they don't maybe come up with that w i know that's 
maybe a conspiracy theorist kind of take, but I just have a feeling that mm. it, they're not going to pull off the W here. Let's put it that way. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think betting the Bills to back nine points uh, or eight and a half, as you said, is uh, maybe a sucker bet. I, I don't love it. I don't love it in this case. So, uh, all right, Nick. So we're going to be uh, yeah. sign, we're going to be right signing off. Okay, cool. So we're going to be signing off for a couple weeks here. We'll be back first week of January. Hope you have a great uh, holiday week, my man. Uh, what's what's going on with on Bills Wire throughout? You know this kind of crazy weekend where we have games on Christmas Eve, a couple on uh, Christmas Day, right? And then you have the week leading into New Year's. What's going on with Bills Wire? What can fans be looking for? Oh, of course, we're going to have plenty of uh, plenty of coverage from this upcoming game. Of course, hopefully a Bills win, and hopefully uh, Justin Fields over on the rushing yards too. After I expose myself there, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I like to. I am one to you know we don't want to give away too much. We got to keep people on the on the regular seats here. I love getting into the holiday spirit. Maybe a little bit of a Santa's wish list for the Bills. Some New Year's resolutions coming up for the Bills heading in the playoffs. So yeah, definitely make sure when you're sitting there and uh, you know maybe you know your Uncle Bob or something starts going spewing off about politics, go walk in the other room and type in Bills Wire. I guarantee we'll have something for you. Great stuff. That's Nick Woten. Check him out on Bills Wire for sure. We appreciate you guys hanging on. Hope you have a healthy, happy holidays and all that. And we'll be back in a couple weeks to start talking. The end of the regular season and the playoffs and all that. Looking forward to it for sure. We will catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.